0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it's a joy and a privilege to welcome you to today's worship service, Even though we are separated in so many different ways, we are bound together in the spirit of fellowship and love that is created by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And so I'd like to say a special word of welcome to all of the new viewers and worshipers that we have had with us in these last few weeks. We are hearing word from all over the country and all over the world, as a matter of fact, that people are tuning in to participate with us and worship in this way. And so we're very happy to have you with us and hope that you continue to enjoy the fellowship and the education and the support that come through worshiping and being together. Remember that you can send your prayer concerns to us by writing to prayers at villagechurch.org. You can communicate other messages to us by writing to me at jackb at villagechurch.org. You also can continue to send your financial support to Box 704 in Rancho Santa Fe or go online to villagechurch.org and pay through our online techniques there. At the end of this service, we will be scrolling a couple of things. One will be a list of the names of all of the folks in our congregational family uh, who are involved in medicine and in first responder work, and we continue to thank them and to pray for them. And then we also have a whole series of photographs of our mothers and our grandmothers in the church. Many of you have sent those photos in and we appreciate your sharing them with us. And in that way, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day today. So happy Mother's Day to everyone. Just a quick word about the backdrop that is here with us in worship today. First of all, some beautiful flowers that were sent to us uh, last Friday for May Day. Some of you remember the old tradition of May Day, and we're using these beautiful flowers to celebrate Mother's Day with us today. And then we also have a a collection of some samplers that have come down to my family through Helen's family, actually. They are an an old, old art form, and a couple of these we think are over a hundred years old. Some are more recent than that. But they have beautiful sayings on them. Sometimes they're religious, sometimes not, and we have quite a few around our home. The one on top, if you're having a hard time reading it on the screen, the one on top says, Pray without ceasing. The one in the middle says, He leadeth me. And the one at the bottom says, Home sweet home. I love them all, especially Home sweet home today, because we're thinking about the homes that our mothers make for us, the homes that we have in their hearts, and of course we're thinking about the home that we have with the Lord God. So friends, let's be called together to worship. Let us open our hearts and minds now to to worship, to praise, to pray, and to come before the living God as we hear these words from the 146th Psalm. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. Friends, this is the Lord that we worship. So let us worship God together.
1: Present our prayers of confession, knowing that our lives are just like these shutters that are closed, where we live in darkness or where we want to hide from God's love. And we need God's grace and God's mercies by His Word, in His power, in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to open up our lives to shine forth those spaces and places in our hearts and in the world that need God's mercies and grace. This time of confession prayer and receiving assurance of pardon is a way in which the spirit of Jesus Christ bursts forth into the darkness of our lives and of this world with his grace and mercies. Let us confess together. Almighty God, In raising Jesus from the grave, you shatter the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We do not do justice or love mercy or walk humbly with you. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord amen indeed we can believe and trust in that great news of god in jesus christ that god's power burst forth into the darkness of the tomb and jesus christ was risen from the grave we are risen with him receive that great news that you and i our lives have been renewed and all of creation is being renewed In Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Alleluia and Amen.
2: I love Lord. He heard my voice. He heard my cry. He turned his ear. When I called for He heard my cry. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He heard my voice. He turned His ear to sorrows old. For He is good For He is good Yes, He is good For He is good For He is good turn
1: peace of Jesus Christ be with you all and also with you. Please share signs of God's peace and love with one another, with your neighbor, and with all who need to hear and know of God's peace in Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: morning, Kids Village, and happy Sunday. Today is a very special and important Sunday as we get to celebrate Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a day when we get to say thank you and I love you to all of the moms in our lives. Moms are great examples of our theme and word for this month, which is determination. They use determination to make sure that their families are taken care of. We can be reminded that Jesus wants us to use that word determination and make sure that the hard tasks that are ahead of us are completed. And we can do those knowing that Jesus is with us the whole time. Today we celebrate all of the mothers in our lives. If you're able to be with the mother figure in your life this morning, maybe you could make her a homemade card. If you're able to go for a walk, maybe you could make her a bouquet with some flowers and some greenery. If you're not able to be with the mother figure in your life this morning, maybe you can pick up the phone and give her a call. If that's using Zoom or FaceTime, Whatever celebrating the mothers in your life looks like this morning, we hope that you are able to do that. We know that they would greatly appreciate just hearing your voices and spending time with you if they are able to do that. Today, we say thank you to all of the moms and everything that you've done for your families. We know that this has been an exceptionally difficult time, so thank you for all of the hard work and determination that you've used to take care of your families. Thank you, moms, and today we celebrate you. Okay, kids, have fun celebrating all the moms in your lives. We'll talk to you soon.
4: a coffin of the world would bid us shout scream cry out to god in prayer we have a god who understands us and welcomes our honesty there are times when we wish to speak softly whispers perhaps audible only to god aching for a moment alone with god we stay up long after the household is asleep just to pray Arise long before the sun, capturing a still moment with our God. We have a God who is always listening to us, a God who intercedes for us through his Spirit, whether in your study, at the kitchen table, couch, or outside in the cool of the morning. As we worship together, let us turn our hearts to God in prayer. I will pray and then invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. Come before God now. And pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We give you praise for your love and care and long-suffering with us. While we cannot be in the presence of others, we seek to be in your presence. We acknowledge we are stuck in place, Lord, avoiding situation which potentially might harm others or be harmful to us. Yet, our minds are not still, Lord. We think about planning, preparing, fixing, organizing, worrying about how everything is going to turn out. Even while we were here to pray and listen, those thoughts tend to drown out your voice and what you want to say to us. The distancing and stay in place has made us weary, isolated at times, angry and frustrated. Help us, Lord to be reflections of your patience, love and mercy. Knowing many are ill and exposed to the virus, we pray for the victims of the virus, for the isolation of so many. Help us to be sensitive to the needs of our brothers and sisters across borders and across the water who are also suffering with the economic difficulties and illness of this virus. We pray for the leaders of our nation today and the many important and critical situations they face. Give wisdom to our president and team working to find the vaccine. Guide the physicians and nurses, the front responders, and all who work to protect them. We lift up those in our congregation who have just gone through surgery recently. We pray for those undergoing chemo treatment for cancer. For all who are sick or in pain and await surgery, give each person peace and comfort. Lord God, on this day in which we honor mothers, may we love and cherish the special women who gave birth to us, who have nurtured us and prayed for our well being. May our hearts overflow with gratitude to you who formed and knitted us in our mother's womb. Protect, nurture the mothers of today and all whom they love and raise to know you, serve you, and follow you through Jesus our Lord the Lord who taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer as we join together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
5: begin our time in scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Eternal God, your spirit inspired those who wrote the Bible and enlightens us to hear your word fresh each day. Help us to rely always on your promises in scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Jad, and Asher. The total number of people born to Jacob was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died and all his brothers and that whole generation. But the Israelites were fruitful and prolific. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase, and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Python and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah and the other Puah, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. And now a reading from the book of Second Corinthians. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Also carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is the word
0: of the Lord. Friends, you and I live in a world that is filled with stories, and perhaps many of us are paying more attention to some of the world's stories than we've had time to recently. Of course, the big story is the story about the coronavirus and the response of the world to that story, and within that story, there are lots of other stories going on, of course. The stories of some people who are living with the virus, others who are dying from it. The stories of those who are frantically doing research to find a vaccine or a cure. The stories of those who are sometimes arguing, but oftentimes cooperating with each other as they craft different ways for society to respond and to quarantine and to change the way that we live so that we can fight the effects of this virus. We're hearing stories about airlines that are declining in the number of flights that they're flying. We're hearing stories about uh, people who are making masks. Uh, Just uh, recently, I got an email from a company that normally produces clothing for clergy, both the formal uh, worship clothing, the vestments and things, as well as informal clothing, the stuff that clergy sometimes wear every day. And they've transitioned everything they're doing now to making masks for people. So we're hearing stories about all sorts of things related to the virus, but also things related to to normal life. I mean, there are babies being born today, as always. There are crimes being committed these days, as always. A few days ago, there was a huge big moon in the sky. And of course, today we're celebrating the stories of, of our mothers and remembering so much that our mothers have given to us. Well, Christians believe that there is one set of stories that gives us the most reliable and deep truth about the most important questions. Of course, that's the many stories that are told in the one story of Scripture. We've been looking at some of those stories in the last few weeks. The story about how Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, creating a crisis for them and for us. The story about a flood and a big boat and a rainbow and the crisis that that created for all of creation. Last week we talked about the story of a brother who was betrayed by his other brothers, but that same brother then saves them. Well today the story continues, the story of crisis and especially the story of how God is in the stories of crisis through which you and I live. So let's go to the story that we just heard a few moments ago, the beginning piece of it, a story that picks up the storyline of Joseph. Last week we talked about Joseph and how he came into Egypt and then his brothers and their families all followed him into Egypt. Scholars believe that that particular piece of the grand story of the Bible, the story of Joseph, occurred somewhere around 1,700 years before Christ. In that story, we're told that Joseph and his brothers and their families come into the land of Egypt, and they settle there. And they flourish and grow, and in that way they begin to fulfill God's plan of creating a great nation from out of the people that descended from Abraham. But then as the story continues, we encounter, guess what? We encounter a crisis. The Hebrew people begin to grow so large in numbers and in strength that the local Egyptians, the indigenous people, begin to fear. They begin to worry. Pharaoh says, Who knows? They might grow so strong that they will rise up and overthrow us and ally themselves with our enemies, and will be done. And so the Pharaoh crafts a plan to enslave the people, to control their population by murdering their male babies. The result of that policy, had it been carried out to its fullest extent, would have been eventually the extermination of the Hebrew people. We know that didn't quite happen. But we do know that for a period of about 400 years, the Hebrew people were literally slaves in the land of Egypt. It was not until around the year 1300 that Moses was born and would lead the people into freedom. We'll talk about that story later on in this series of sermons. But let's leave the story for now with the Hebrew people enslaved in Egypt. And then let's look at another story, a story, of course, that comes from the time of the New Testament. A story that comes from after Jesus has been here with us in the story of Paul. Last week, we talked a little bit about Paul's conversion how he went from being Saul to Paul because Jesus had an encounter with him on the road to Damascus. In that story of Paul, we see that Paul was transformed and Paul was changed. Paul was converted, if you will, from being an enemy of Jesus to being a friend of Jesus. And in Paul's life, that was a humongous change It meant that he would begin traveling across the known world at that time. Travel was treacherous, travel was expensive. Travel took a toll on you, (laughs) maybe something like it does today. Paul began sharing news about Jesus. And in that sharing, sometimes he was welcomed, sometimes he was not. Often he was rejected by his own people. When he was rejected at, at best, he would be thrown out of town, and at worst, he would be tortured and imprisoned, and eventually, of course, we know he was executed. What we read of Paul's writing in Second Corinthians was his own reflection and his own teaching about what he had learned in all of this story of his own life, his story especially after he had decided to follow Jesus. And so we have the story of the Hebrew people enslaved in Egypt and we have the story of Paul whose life uh, went into a great crisis, great tragedy, great trial and tribulation, and yet how Paul conquered all things through that. What can you and I learn? That's always what I want to know when I think about the story of Scripture. Not just what the ancient story was then. But what's the story now? What can you and I learn from these stories? One of the things we learn is that there are many things outside of our control. No, duh. Of course there are. You and I well know that. For the Hebrew people, they were enslaved. They lived in poverty. They were politically and socially oppressed. They they had great economic disruption in their lives because they could not control their own lives. Their relationships were sometimes dysfunctional. They couldn't trust that they would stay with their own family sometimes. There was great disease and and physical deterioration and decline in the Hebrew population because they, they lived in terrible conditions. If that sounds familiar to you, it's no surprise because Through every period of human history, including today, people are enslaved, people are poor, people are oppressed, people suffer great things in their souls and in their bodies and their minds, and and so do you and I. You can add to this list your own particular form of trouble right now in your life that, that has happened that is just outside of your own control. For the Hebrew slaves, there was no end in sight, at least initially. They lived in these conditions for 400 years. In some sense, the same was true for Paul. Paul did not know what the outcome would be other than knowing in faith. He didn't know what the outcome would be of his life and of his teaching and sharing the news about Jesus. We don't know at that day when Paul was executed whether he had any sense whatsoever that the church was going to grow and thrive and continue to do that until today. There are things that are just outside of our control, things that we cannot manage, things that we cannot plan, things that we don't like, because truth be told, we do not control the world. We sometimes even have a hard time controlling ourselves, and certainly We do not have an ultimate authority and power over our own destiny. As Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he reflected on this fact of human life, and he used a very interesting phrase, one that has gone into the lore of Christian theology and thought. Paul reflected that we are all like clay jars. We are fashioned from out of the dirt We are made into something, something though that's easily breakable. Something that cannot withstand the the ravages and tests of, of time and trouble and tribulation. Ultimately, we're weak, we're powerless, and ultimately we go back to the dirt from which we have come. That's part of the story of human life, that there are things that are outside our control things that threaten to destroy us, things that sometimes destroy the quality of our lives. But there's more to the story, of course. Let's talk for a moment about the things that are within our control, not the things outside, but the things within our control. And to start that conversation, I want to take us back to the story of the Hebrew midwives. They've become my my heroes in this particular scripture. You remember what we just heard a few moments ago that Pharaoh said to the Hebrew midwives, every time you see a male child being born, I want you to kill that male child. That was Pharaoh's way of controlling the Hebrew slaves. The midwives came up with a different plan, though. They refused to kill the male babies, and Pharaoh asked why. They said, well, Pharaoh, here's the problem. He said, the Hebrew mothers are so strong. They're they're such such wonderful women that, that, that they have their babies before we can even get to them. They're not like the weak Egyptian women who need all of our help. The babies are just born and we can't do anything about it. Those Hebrew midwives are my heroes because they lived in a situation in which they had very little power, but they still had some, and they chose to do something about their situation. What about Paul? We hear that Paul, of course, was rejected and and people tried to silence Paul. They tried to say to Paul, especially the Jews, they tried to say to Paul, quit talking about Jesus. You're wrong about Jesus. You're a blasphemer. But Paul wouldn't be quiet. Paul refused to give up. In fact, whenever Paul was met with rejection by the Jews, he would go uh, preach and, and speak to the Gentiles. And that's where the church began to grow rapidly. He began to preach to the Gentiles, and they said, there is something to this Jesus business. Paul didn't give up. Paul traveled. Paul continued to preach. Even when he was in prison, even when he was looking towards his own death, Paul continued to preach and teach about Jesus Christ. You see, there is always something that we can choose to do, something that we can control in the midst of uncontrollable situations. We have to admit our weakness. We can't control everything. But that does not mean we cannot control nothing. We have to recognize our strengths. We have to remember that God always gives us some options. Sometimes they're limited. Yes, of course. With God, everything can be unlimited. We need to remember all of these old stories stories about how people faced great trial, great tribulation, great distress in their lives, incredible crises that threatened literally to destroy them. But we also need to remember that in the midst of those situations, people kept going. We need to remember those stories and put our story of today in the context of those larger stories. And then we need to look at what those people did. We need to look at the, the attitude and the actions of those Hebrew midwives and, and, and of people like Paul. I often think that it's important for you and me to get back to the very bedrock, the very root of who we are as spiritual beings living our lives within the light of a loving God. And then we need to make a choice. We need to make a choice for ourselves about whether we're going to be positive or negative people, whether we're going to be hopeful or despairing people, whether we're going to be faithful or fearful people, loving or self-centered people. I know that we're born with a certain set of aptitudes and attitudes that we're born with some intelligence and we're born with experiences and we're born into situations in life. All of that is given to us, but I also happen to believe that we can choose something different. We can choose to be positive and hopeful and faithful and loving. That's the first thing we can do is choose what I call our default spiritual setting. And then... We can choose to get to work. The Hebrew midwives might have simply said, you know what? There's nothing we can do about Pharaoh's policy. We have to do what he says we should do. But they didn't do that. They schemed, they planned, they resisted. Did they risk? Yes, they risked. But still, they did something. Paul did something. When he was rejected, he went to the Gentiles. And you and I can do something. In fact, In today's current crisis, people are doing lots of things and we need to continue to encourage that and and even be part of that when we can. People are doing medical research so that they can find a vaccine for the virus and a treatment for those who suffer from it. People are involving themselves in all kinds of political and civic action, cooperating in times when they refuse to cooperate about other things. Governments are responding. Hospitals are responding. Businesses are responding. People are sharing economically. Maybe not enough yet, but someday we will. People are sharing what they have with others who do not have. Some people are staying home. Some people are making mass. You know the story. The whole world is responding in some way so that we can fight this virus. We're doing something, we're working with what God has given us so that we can have some form of control, so that we can prevent the evil from happening in our lives. And then, of course, we have to learn that that we should never give up. We should never, never, never give up. I'm struck by how long the Hebrew people lived in a state of slavery, of subjugation. 400 years. Until Moses came. We'll talk about Moses later. But for now, let's remember that the Hebrew people kept going, just like Paul kept going, just like all the early Christians kept going, just like we keep going, just like the world keeps going. We've lost hundreds of thousands of people to this virus. There may be many, many more, but we will still keep going. And so that's part of the, the story that we live in the story that there's much in life that we do not control, there's much in life that we do control, but still there is even more to the story, and that's the story of God. The Hebrew midwives feared God, they worshiped God, and so they refused to give in to the Pharaoh. Paul had decided to follow Jesus because he knew about God's power expressed in Jesus and that was now available to him. God is always part of the story. Let's never forget that. And when God is part of the story, then we can say with Paul that that we might be afflicted, but we're not crushed. We might be perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We might be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed. We might be carrying death in our own bodies, meaning that someday we know we will die just like Jesus knew he would die. But still we are looking for life, eternal life with Jesus, and abundant life here and now, the life that God continues to give as he's present with us. Friends, let's learn these deep truths that the stories teach us, that there's always something out there that's going to kill us or try, In the story of Exodus, it's the Pharaoh trying to kill the firstborn sons of Israel. But then there's always the story of the godly ones, those who follow the Lord, the Lord of life, the Lord of love, the Lord who is the creator, like those Hebrew midwives. That's the story that we need to remember. We need to remember that we need to keep going. That we can accept the challenges and trials of life and do what we can about them and then trust God for the rest. I have a vision. It's a vision of heaven. I have this little thing about me. I don't know if it's really actually going to happen, but I believe that someday when I go to heaven, the Lord willing, that I'll get to visit with people that have lived before me. And I can't wait to meet those Hebrew midwives. Shifra and Pua are their names. That's what we're told Shifra and Pua. I have this vision that maybe right now Shifra and Pua are sitting up in heaven with Paul and they're having a cup of coffee and they're looking down on everything that's going on around here and they're saying, you know, they just need to keep going. They need to realize that no matter how bad it gets, God is still there. And that God can stay with us for hundreds and hundreds of years. God can and will stay with us forever. What they would want us to know is what the whole story of the scripture says. That no matter what threatens to undo or destroy us, God is still the one who is looking after us. God is our good shepherd. We need to follow Him. We need to keep working. We need to be filled with strength and power and faith and and love, even as we grieve, even as we suffer, even as we hurt, because we know that in the end, God gives the victory. That's what we see before us, that God is there. Keep looking, and you'll see Him too. We have just heard God's Word read and proclaimed.
1: This worship service is almost completed, but our work is just beginning. For we are called to offer testimony of our faith by our words, by our deeds, by how we live. And just like these shutters, our testimony and affirmation of faith proclaims to the world that good news. Let us affirm our faith through words of Holy Scripture. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen.
0: We cannot see all the way back to the beginning of all things and understand. We cannot see all the way to the end of all things and understand. We sometimes cannot even understand our own beginnings, and when we look to the future, we cannot understand or see everything that's there. We cannot see the end, but we know someone who can, someone who does. Someone who was there at the beginning, someone who was there at the end, someone who says to us that He's with us to strengthen us, to encourage us, to inspire us, to teach us, so that we can do something about the lives that we live today in the confidence that He is doing even more to save, to renew, to redeem. It's in that confidence and in that trust that we go forward today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Amen.